0: Welcome back to another episode of Sports Medicine on Tap. My name is Brandon and I'm here at Neck of the Woods Brewing Company in Pittman, New Jersey, sitting at a full table tonight with my co-host, Dr. Frey. Dr. Frey, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing fantastic.
0: It's a great night. We have a full table. We're, we're expanding. packed. It's at our table. Jam-packed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got a lot of different things going on. Our main topic tonight is going to be talking about the Eagle Safety, CJ Gardner-Johnson and his latest uh, injury, the kidney laceration. Sort of out of left field, right? Right. Like
1: not a, not right. your standard topic. and It's sort of nice to be able to cash in right. while we can. Right.
0: Exactly. Change it up a little bit. It's not the run Hope of the he's mill. he's doing well. Right. Absolutely. And you know, he just landed on IR and we'll get all into all that stuff later. But first, we're here, like I said, with a full table. We have Frank Price here. And who else Ed? do we have with us? Yeah. Dr. Frey.
1: So we welcome back, Dr. Brad Bernardini. He's been here like a thousand times at hey this yo. point. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're gonna we're gonna meet Greg Tulu, Dr. Tulu, uh, a buddy of mine from Georgetown. We went to med school together. Who moved to this region, to this area a couple of years ago, and uh, he's gonna be on once we start getting into the sports medicine. Once we get into the injury, correct. But before we get there.
0: But first, beer. We got Frank
2: some beer. Oh, welcome to our neck of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Every time, baby. So, so Georgetown guys, were you like John Thompson fans, Allen Iverson fans? I mean, so
1: huge fan of Georgetown basketball. Okay, huge fan of John Thompson for what he had done for that program. Not as big a fan of Craig Eshrick, who was one of the guys that followed. Sadly, not as big a fan of John Thompson's son. And I grew up in New York, big Knicks fan, right? Not a huge fan of Patrick Ewing and what's going on over there right now. Pretty bad pretty bad wow. i wish I, it's hurt it hurts oh did, to go winless in the big east as georgetown last year for the first time in school history that's not good. i'm not sure why he still has a job but <laughs> that's just me
2: wow and who are you yeah <laughs>
1: right right and who the heck am i yeah all right tough, 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 however man. you got some very delicious glasses oh, yeah. right I have, front I have some uh,
2: some some dark lagers here so so we're introducing our next beer in our dino series right so we've done a little collaboration with the gene and rick edelman fossil museum that's going in uh behind the lows here about 10 minutes away from from the brewery it's a very cool place right yeah yeah Frank, so, go ahead and talk Yeah, about yeah. That. Give yeah. us a little insight into what exactly that is. I mean, it kind of fell into like our back pocket here just through some good collaborations with people that we know who, you know, work there right. and uh, got us in touch with uh, Dr. LaCovera, who is the lead paleontologist there. We've learned so much from these guys. It's right. just, it's fun. I mean, we went to a dig site. I don't yeah. know if you guys have had your kids down there. We for, did it. For I had, big it was, day.
1: Yeah, I've done it. It's,
2: it's 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 mind
1: blowing, right? Like they have stuff set up like this at, at museums. I, I I've been to um, I forget the museum of Pittsburgh and like they have like a pit, but it's all kind of like faked and whatnot, and you find little fake fossils. And then you go to this, and it's a community day, and you can't go very often. And legitimately, you're you're digging for fossils, and you find. Fossil. Yeah. Like, you get like, to keep what you find. You get,
2: like, it's an active dig site. It's
1: I, I almost thought we're it was fake the first time I went. Right. Like
2: I thought they were like some fake. No, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Phenomenal.
1: Like I don't know where else in the world you can do this as a like a regular average individual who's not. Yeah, like, it's a really amazing yeah. program. We
3: went with the kids about four years ago. And uh and there were some actually people that found some really like Pretty legit stuff yeah. Legit stuff right near us. Right. Unfortunately, yeah. we didn't. Yeah. So I punished, I, I punished the kids they're, that they're, night. They're better
2: than you. Yeah, yeah. They didn't <laughs> dig in the right spots. And, and I think that we all have this like I don't know like this fun part inside of us that just wants to go out and find dinosaur fossils. Like, so totally. when this is in your backyard, right? Like. When we had the opportunity to team up with these guys, we yeah. were like, hell oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, so we Absolutely. wanted to get the word out. So we started with the dinosaur series. First one up was our Dreadnoughtus, which Dr. Lacavara, he actually found the largest dinosaur known to man down in Patagonia. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so we named that Dreadnoughtus. He and that- did.
1: Yes. He's the guy that found that.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, pretty amazing. Kind of fun, like a bear. All right. So, uh, and then the second one was the Hadrosaurus. Yes. Yeah, the first full fossil. Don't you tell me anything about <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. All right, kids. So, that was in 1856. It right. was a partial oh, skeleton. Cool. Partial full. Okay. Yes. <laughs> partial full. <laughs> we need a fact
1: checker. Oh, no. And we're talking about I'm now the that. next one. Found up
2: in, in Fields. Well, the next one was found in our backyard here, Sears oh. Park. Hmm in uh I guess which is a pretty awesome yeah very cool Mm -hmm. so that is the dryptosaurus and the dryptosaurus is now I'm not going to go too nerdy here because I don't know too much about this but it it is in like the tyrannosaurus rex family yeah it's not like the t-rex that we all know from Jurassic Park but Mm -hmm. something like that right pretty cool dinosaur so we were trying to figure out all right first one we did a pale ale second one we did an IPA right let's take it up a level let's go to a, a Dunkel Lager. Wow, boy. What is a Dunkel Lager? Well, I have no idea. Please tell us. Yes. Well, Detail. as you can see here, it is a dark lager. So Dunkel in German means dark. All right. Okay. So mainly uh, comprised of Pilsner malt, which mainly all lagers are, mm-hmm. but... Um, The addition of the Munich malt, which is a uh, highly kilned malt, which actually creates through a maillard reaction, like caramelization of these malts. and gives it just a different body and and characteristic to it that is roasty, is almost like a uh, biscuit in the oven type of taste. With caramel. You got it. Sounds good. So 6.5%. This one is in our tank right now. This is going to be lagering for the next two weeks. Before it goes into cans on the 20th of December. Right.
1: As a guy with a stout sitting in front of me, otherwise, I'm a fan of this kind
2: of stuff. So I'm excited. I'm passing excited. Down here. So this is our Dryptosaurus Dunkel Lager. All right. And I'm just passing around these glasses right now. Cheers, cheers guys. Cheers, this cheers
0: gentlemen. Cheers. Enjoy. Cheers. Mm. Mm. That's really good. That is good.
1: Taste the caramel,
3: yeah. baby. I taste. It's European. It's European? Yeah. It, yeah. So I spent some time in Switzerland and um, had some beer at the age of 19 there, which is right. legal. Yeah. You know, when you taste or smell things, it brings you back? Sure. Pretty quick. You got to love that. Yeah. It's really, yeah. this is, uh,
2: this did that for me. That's awesome because that's, that is truly like when, when I set forth to create a beer, you got to deep dive into it. Right. You got to go back to the history. Right. You got to figure out, all right, who made this beer first? Yeah. Why, how, what, when, all those kind of things you need to answer yeah. before you actually put this beer into a tank. Sure. And a lot of that that deep diving took me to, if I could envision myself sitting down in a Munich bar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what would that beer taste like? And I'll tell you what, when this beer actually does come out in two weeks and we put it on that side pour tap. It's going on the side pour oh, tap? Oh, it's side pour.
1: Oh, baby. No. Yeah, yeah. I got, I'm a huge fan. Milk I, tube. I was just telling our, our, our guest, who's about to be on in just a few minutes, about this side pour tap, and and I, I went I went back to the the Czech Pilsner side pour tap. Oh yeah, it's so good, man. It just changes. Its I'm really excited about the fact that this is going on the side pour tap. And that's, the
2: fact is, it's if you do go mm-hmm. across the pond, mm-hmm. you know, and you go to a legit pub, yeah, I mean that's how they're serving it. That's right. that's the way the beer was meant to be, you know, enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. So. That's what we're trying to do here at neck of the woods, you know, take that passion, you know, that we have for these beers and, and really create an experience. Yeah, the, the beers, I, I, you know,
1: not blowing sunshine anywhere, but like beer after beer, after beer, the most flavorful beers, the most tasty beers that, that I've had anywhere, like fantastic. It's really, really very well done. Thank you. All right. Fist pump, my brother. Thank That's you for sure. All right. America's, America's first dinosaur oh. discovery. Oh, oh, oh here, here we, here we go. go. Full dinosaur.
3: No, Interesting here. Okay. In the village of Haddonfield, New Jersey, contains ground zero for dinosaur paleontology. Is the first nearly complete <gasps> skeleton. <gasps> nearly, com- nearly, nearly complete. Nearly complete. A dinosaurus in Haddonfield. But it was the first nearly complete and uh, in 1858. Well, you did okay.
1: say partial
2: complete. Too, yeah, so. Partial complete. I guess yeah. I'm sort of correct. So right. But mine right. was fully complete. I think you said fully <laughs> yeah. complete. Yeah. In 1866. Nonsense. You're, okay, so you're 10 both years right.
3: later. and. Some really good beer
0: that we're drinking.
1: That's right. Yeah, that what, makes it all so easier.
2: What happened not to bad for C.J. a bone doctor or whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what happened to CJ? CJ Gardner-Johnson. Um, so it was, uh, what was it, not this past week. They just played the Titans the week before. The game against the uh, the Green Bay yeah. Packers. He yeah. Uh, yeah. passed across the middle. He came to take a big hit. He lowered his shoulder. And it was kind of like two de- Eagles defenders. It kind of looked like they sandwiched him. So when he went to go hit him, his whole body like did like a weird jerking. It was motion. a very awkward hit. Very awkward. Yeah, yeah.
3: I was at to actually at the game. Were you? Yeah, and a really awkward hit. Yeah. The thing that was most impressive was he went down and stayed down, mm-hmm. and he was down for a long time. Right. And once medical team went out and tended to him, and he came off clearly still not right. Right. He came off the field different than most football players come off the field. You know, right. when we see musculoskeletal issues. There's, you know a limp, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for medical professionals, we call it an antalgic yeah. gait. You know, right. very right. often that that's one of the things that happens. He was very clearly hunched over. There was something yeah. going on. Yep. The theory at the time of the game was rib Ribs. injury. That's the way it was originally reported. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, interestingly, you know, the next day I, I did a little spot on WIP. We mm-hmm. talked about this a little bit. And the rib injuries, you know, one of the things I said was the rib injuries are important injuries, but rarely the real issue at hand, when you see a, you know, an abdominal or a mm-hmm. thoracic injury, it's, it's really the things that the ribs were meant to protect, right? which are all the really important things that keep us alive. Um, because I would venture to say that I've never seen a surgical rib injury, although mm-hmm. they exist, they're, they're in high energy trauma situations, mm-hmm. uh, motor vehicle accidents, fall from height, you know, multi-trauma situations. Very rarely mm-hmm. is a sports rib fracture mm-hmm. become, you know, a surgical right. problem.
0: Yeah. Even like when I was watching the game, like the way he like lowered his shoulder and he kind of had like almost like a stinger mechanism. Like he kind of went down, he had that laterally flexed neck a little bit. And I was like, Oh, maybe it's that. But then like you said, he was just like, so his body language was just yeah, like his so body off. Language was awesome. yeah. And it's not like, you know, just to go a little off, like a stinger, he kind of would have been hanging his arm or something a little different, but this one's like, it was looked weird. It was just like, yeah. Oh, okay. And reported ribs. It like, Oh man, probably. <clears throat> fractured some ribs or a really bad rib contusion. Right. Um, So maybe it's not so bad. And then, you know, I think it was a couple days or day or so. The next day. The next day. Yeah. um, They went into it more and then then it was reported the the lacerated kidney. So that changes a little bit. Um, So very interesting, very different. And like we said in the beginning of the show, not your run of the mill orthopedic kind of thing. But again, sports medicine and it's football. It's very high high. high speed, high collision. Yeah. Um, so a lot, and, of and I'll, I'll just I'm-
3: tell you from, you know, from my perspective and I think Steve would probably agree with me as a sideline, um, physicians for a lot of football teams at different levels. These are things that we do not specialize in these solid right. organ injuries, right. but we have to have a, a high suspicion of, of right. concern for. Right. And, um, very often if somebody has, you know, persistent abdominal pain, their vitals start to show mm-hmm. some weird you know, changes. Scary stuff. Uh, scary stuff and things that are definitely out of our realm mm-hmm. and in these situations we call guys much smarter than us.
1: That's right. So uh, on that note, I would like to introduce one of my med school classmates, one of my buddies, Dr. Greg Talou, general surgeon, who went to Georgetown with me, grew up and lived in Albany, around the Albany area, worked up uh, upstate New York, in and around mm-hmm. Albany, but in the last couple of years, moved closer. Came down, to the came down to the shore. Came down to the shore. So Dr. Toulou, tell us a little bit about yourself.
4: Uh, well, like you said, Steve, uh, I went to medical school at Georgetown, had a fantastic time there, and actually managed to learn a thing or two while we right. enjoyed uh, all that DC had to offer. What a great offer. place, <laughs> And uh, yeah, we've got plenty of stories, but that's that's another time. Went back up to New York for residency at Albany Med. Uh, I grew up in the Saratoga Springs area, and, right. Absolutely love it up there. Uh practiced in as many of the small hospitals as I could in that area. <laughs> uh unfortunately a lot of uh struggling hospitals and and then finally we uh we kinda ran out of places to uh to try to settle and stay in the area. So we came down to Jersey, wanted to find somewhere exciting and fun and right. where people would actually want to come and visit us, not right. you know, in the middle of uh uh, down nowhere. the shore. So, so down the shore it was. <laughs> right. And uh, we settled in Here, I've been very happy there for two years. Family settled in very nicely. Right. I was uh, really excited to find out. I had a, a good friend close by. Yeah. Uh, short drive away. So and actually even shorter when you uh, come into Margate. That's right. So,
1: yeah. So so, so yeah. And always excited towns, to come up and hang out and meet,
4: um, uh, meet the guys you're hanging out with and and talk some uh, not only sports but uh, beer and medicine.
1: Yeah. So, so this, yeah, this is one of those kind of crossover mm-hmm. sports injuries, wow. right? And Dr. Tulu is not an orthopedic surgeon, but a general surgeon. He's done a fair amount of trauma in his career, and and this would really fall and on, 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 in, into that category to some extent. There's a little bit of crossover there, right? For this particular injury, urology potentially for kidney, but a yeah. lot of these other blunt. Um, you know, solid organ injuries, you're relying on your your general surgeon, your traumatologist guy.
3: Yeah. Like, um, I think it was six years ago, Mm. uh, I was asked to speak on uh, blunt organ injuries for sports medicine. Is that right? Product. Yeah, I must have been at the very, Congrats, very, very bottom of the list right. for speakers because that's well, not my expertise. But
4: right. i got to say, you handled, but I learned it, a lot. you handled it very well at the beginning here. You, <laughs> you left
2: me with very little to talk about. Yeah. 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 Uh,
4: yeah, And actually, that's the interesting thing with these injuries is there's been a, a huge change in how they're managed over the years. Uh, you know,
1: so you're saying we have the wrong guy on? No, no. no, no, no. Well,
4: <laughs> a little bit actually, uh, because we, as surgeons, we don't get involved as often. Not nearly as often. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these injuries now are being managed by our uh, colleagues in interventional radiology, and mm-hmm. uh, they can be embolized, which is yeah. uh, a way of stopping the bleeding, and you're that way preserving the organ, which you know. Right. These, we have these organs for a reason. we want yeah. to keep, we want to keep right. them in our bodies. So, right. those techniques have really become uh, the forefront of management. It's really yeah. when you have a very severe injury, where the patient's unstable and something needs to be done quickly before, mm-hmm. you know, with a life-saving maneuver. Right, that you uh, you talk about surgical intervention for these uh, yeah. for these injuries.
3: So CJ came off the field oh, and mm-hmm. we talked about he's kind of hunched over, looked at looked, you know, just off. Right. didn't, didn't look like a musculoskeletal injury. Next day we find out that it's a, you know, a kidney yeah. injury yeah. and they expect this to not be a season ending injury, which sure. I think probably start. So what we like to do on here
0: is to kind of play all the avenues. Yeah. And like, yeah. Try to guess, sure. you know,
3: what's the, what, you know, what's some people want to know on, how long hmm. this guy's going to be out and you know, what's, what's how our do, professional. How does it opinion? present? What are you going to check What does that for? mean? Yeah, what are those things? You know, out? clearly we always say we're not the treating physicians, but And some of the research that I did for this, I I found out that, you know, there's an interesting article that um, Russ Warren was actually uh, um, uh, a big time orthopedic guy. But he was actually one of the uh, authors on a study about kidney injuries in professional American football. All right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the frequency of injuries, there's probably about two to three a year. That's it? That's it. I
4: feel like it's. Yeah. yeah, In general, these injuries are not very common. Um, Right. They're they're typically due to blunt trauma. So the the, the, uh, type of force that's involved is significant but in, in general, uh, genital urinary trauma is only about, occurs only about 10% of all traumas. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, kidney injury specifically is only about one to 5%. Yeah. So it's, it's not a common injury, even in uh, things that we would think are more likely to cause such like motor vehicle accidents and things like yeah. that versus a, a, an open field tackle or, a, you know, like in this case where somebody sandwiched yeah. between two guys. Right. So
1: I, I hate to say, I, I, I stepped away for just a second there, and with this particular injury, was there also, and I'm under I'm, I'm the impression that there was, but I hope I don't have it wrong, rib fracture in addition to the kidney injury?
3: No, no as far as I understand, no, there was yeah, no ribs. Yeah, I didn't see anything. Their about original it. concern was rib fracture, right. rib injury. And then the next day it
4: was um, confirmed that it was a kidney Just, laceration. It was kidney
3: lack, Right. right and right. they said specific laceration. They didn't say contusion, which I think helps right. us with grading. Mm-hmm. Right.
4: Exactly. And that's, that's, what's really important in treating these things as you, and that's where our imaging studies and things have, have uh, changed the game. We're able to stage these injuries and then determine what's the appropriate care. So in the lower stages of injury, where it might be a contusion or a capsular injury versus a true laceration where it's involving deeper structures in the pelvis of the kidney, Uh, That can determine, you know, who's appropriate for, um, I don't want to say less aggressive, but again, maybe a a kidney-preserving treatment like embolization versus surgery and having to remove a very important organ.
3: Yeah. You know, so this study showed that the mean time out was 60 days. 60.
1: Which is interesting because I think... I thought the initial reports were going to be less than that.
0: Well, right. They, yeah, they. Think, <clears throat> right. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they initially reported that he may not need to be on IR. He might right. have missed a season, but I, I think they did eventually place him on the IR, which means a minimum of four four games in, or four weeks in the NFL. Right. So he's at least out for the yeah, four weeks. Yeah, and I don't
3: think any laceration, lowest grade laceration, is going to be at least four weeks. Well,
4: the problem is, you you, you can often see a re bleeding at four to six weeks ah. as the, the clot that forms uh, and might actually prevent the injury from being worse. It starts to uh, to break down. See, so, this is why so we got the big guns here. This is why here. we do. Yeah, so you you sure. caught in stages of liquid, solid, and and so you can actually get some rebleeding at four to six weeks. Right. Uh, but I would certainly by six weeks and beyond that that's less likely, and and so you're you're out of that that uh, that kind of limbo period. Danger zone. Is there a
3: set of criteria to allow him to go back to a contact sport, or are, I mean, are we looking for stable imaging, no pain, kind of?
4: Yeah, it's it's relatively simple stuff. It's you want to make sure there's no active bleeding. That's the very first stage from the minute they roll in, into the ER, mm-hmm. the you know, right? The treatment room, and then it's it's really what's the stage of the injury, what's the likelihood that that's going to heal. It's like any other injury. The, the severity is going to determine the time it takes to heal. Right. Um, and as I said, if it's if it's a more severe injury, then you do have to worry about the bleeding. A stage one injury versus a stage four injury, you know, obviously. Different ball game, yeah. Right. Um, totally, different. and you're talking about much more um, of the organ possibly lost, right? In that injury too. So, you know, from what it sounds like in this type with a with laceration, I'm assuming this is probably a grade two, grade three injury at the most. Yeah, I agree. Um, and know, I'm not. I don't know. What I'm four, talking about four to six weeks. Is <laughs> <great>. <laughs> sounds right. right? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Four yeah. to six weeks is probably a reasonable <clears throat> time period, as long as you know he's not showing any signs of, yeah. of an issue.
3: Uh, so, you know, your your comment that you just made about. Kidney preserving, I think, is an important one because one of the things that um, I think Steve and I will kind of attest to—we've we, done some additional um, tests and, and some medical questions come up and things that we don't deal with in orthopedics all the time. And right. one of the issues is uh, athlete with a solitary kidney, right? And, right. You know, are are they allowed to play? And, you know, from what I understand, um, a solitary kidney that's normally functioning and normally located, and you can maybe speak to some of this. Is is okay to play contact sports?
4: Right. I mean, there's there's certainly a little bit of added risk because you're 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 taking. If you do sustain an injury, you don't have that reserve. You don't have that backup. Right. That's one of the wonderful things about our bodies is there's such redundancy. So if you lose one, you got a backup. Yeah, nice uh, second kidney. Uh, when when you're born with one, sure, it becomes an issue because if anything were to happen, now you got a real problem. But any contact sport. We, we right. know there's risks. Sure. We sure. all take those risks. We've yeah. done it. Uh, you know, I've I've played soccer. I have played rugby. I've, I've done taekwondo. Uh, I've had head injuries. I've, I've you know the gambit. Right. So we still do it because you know it's fun. It's fun. Uh, so a solitary kidney, as long as that kidney is functioning and able to keep that person with with a healthy body, yeah. no reason not to. Yeah. Uh, well, interesting that you brought that up. My father actually has a congenital single. Functioning kidney. Wow. Oh, wow. And he, How was about a, it? he was a wrestler. He uh, oh, wow. worked on a farm. He was around, you know. Did he? And um, I imagine he knew that from the beginning. Or, no, actually, like, he didn't learn it probably until he was in his 30s. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. How about it?
1: Yeah. So. That's interesting. All right. I uh, wonder if, if it, at that point in time, had he known that or had his doctors known, it. you know, I, th- I think at that point, you know, regulations looser, but and so I imagine it would be less of an you rub some it could, dirt on it. But yeah, yeah. I wonder, yeah. Right? Would they have been like, no, don't do this or, 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 or that, you know, back Said, oh, then worry, they would have been dirt like, on yeah, it, it'll be fine. fine. Well, you
4: know? I, I think again, because now it, it, in, as it should, it comes down to a personal choice. If you're willing to take that risk.
1: Yeah. You know, right. So, good luck, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, risk reward, right?
0: It's like sure. professional yeah. athlete, millions yeah. of dollars on the line. Like, yeah kind yeah. of run that run the gamble sure there.
3: absolutely right. so so and, okay. you know and let's talk about well let's talk about the impact he might have on the team right, right. i mean he was uh, he leading, was leading inter- interceptions, interceptions yeah in yeah. the nfl you know and, and on a that's, team that's having a very good year very good year we don't have a tremendous amount of backup we have right. the you know value of having an extra game since mm-hmm. we usually try to do these the tuesday after but we have a game where we were we did okay you know, yeah we, we did okay we yeah did yeah. okay against mean? the titans and you know right.
0: we won and like you said like it's crazy when it's a high caliber or, or a high profile guy in that like yeah. he's been in the the news headlines because he got traded from the Saints early on the season when the Eagles got him that he came made an immediate impact in the safety Absolutely. safety position and he's just been finding the ball intercepting like you said leading in the interceptions in the NFL up until that point I'm I'm not entirely sure if he's still I think he probably still is him, yeah man, I, don't, I don't know how close the second person in second was or whatever but you know it's just it's a big loss sure. but luckily it's not the biggest loss of impact in they still pull so
1: to, out a win. Salut. The um, and and it may not be a fair question because you're not in this particular position, but it can be hopefully extrapolated from say an ER. In this particular scenario, someone just took a hit on uh, in, in the game. They're coming off to the sideline and they're holding their side and they're having some pain. What kind of things would you expect um, examination wise, or you know, and, and you may see this more in an ER setting, but what kind of things would you, would you expect examination wise with someone? Who potentially has this injury
4: well i think again you you hit the key points right it was an odd injury it was a strange hit he was sandwiched between men he, he wiggled and wobbled okay uh you, you talked about uh deceleration injuries okay that that wiggling and wobbling yeah. our organs are fixed somewhat to our bodies so right. if you get a sudden deceleration it causes tearing it causes ripping versus just the blunt force alone yeah right um you know for a rib fracture to have caused this like you like was initially thought that's a lot of force to break those ribs yeah Mm -hmm. Especially that low where you have the floating ribs over the kidney. So that's that's a serious impact. So I think, again, how how the person's behaving, Um, you know, like you said, you're going to behave differently when you have a calf strain or, or an abdominal muscle strain versus a fractured rib or, right. you know, fractured rib, they may be struggling to breathe. They're not Are these guys peeing blood, blood
1: right off the stat, right off the bat?
4: Again, depends on the, on the injury. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if it's a deep enough laceration that it's involving the collecting system, yeah, you're probably going to see uh, hematuria right away. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really depends. If it's a subcapsular hematoma, you might not see anything other than what you see on CAT scan. Right. I, I think that's true in anything we do. Sure. Anything that doesn't seem right means there's something more to that. Injury.
3: And again, I, I think the issue, or lesson, maybe not issue, but the lesson is high sus- high index of suspicion. Sure. you would Say in, in medicine, um, if if somebody takes a, a blunt injury to the abdomen, um, always think about that stuff. You know, we always think about the musculoskeletal stuff. We're right. a bunch of boneheads, so we think about right. that. But <laughs> but to think about the deeper stuff, I think is really critical. Right. So let's go through a couple things here. Uh, right. So I would, um, you know, again, in, in, in I obviously researched this and had to unfortunately, speak on it in the past. Congrats, um, man. Number one solid organ injury in sports is spleen. spleen. Yes. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can talk a little bit about sure. th- what the spleen is, where it is sure. and how it may present. Yeah. If we had to generalize like textbook, like.
4: So the, the spleen actually is uh, they'll refer to it as the graveyard for red blood cells. Uh, okay. uh, it's a lot of immune tissue. Um, it's highly vascularized. A lot of blood flow to the spleen. So that's why when splenic injuries occur, they can be life-threatening. Uh, there can be a significant blood loss. And again, there's the, the same system that we use for kidney. We use for liver. Uh, we use to grade splenic laceration. Mm-hmm. So there's a grade of one through five, one being maybe a small subcapsular hematoma, contusion, right. uh, to a shattered spleen where it's you're looking at jello.
3: No bueno. Mm. Uh, no good.
4: Those are the ones that, again, are probably you're going to the OR. Yeah. and you're going to scoop out what's left and, and, and close off the blood flow Ouch. Uh, versus embolization is not going to work very well does
0: not sound comfortable no. so
4: really it's, it's it's again it's all about mechanism of injury it's uh, uh the severity of injury the force that the forces that are involved the spleen okay. is a fixed organ the spleen can be injured uh even during simple procedures like colonoscopies making the turn around the colon where it's attached near the spleen mm-hmm. It can be injured that simply. Can, yeah, these, these <laughs> blunt, blunt force traumas right. again often lead to injuries that uh, that can be severe. Uh, we go back to organ preserving. Uh The spleen's function in, in immunology uh, and fighting bacteria and viruses mm-hmm. and things. Uh, it's a very important organ. So, uh, if the spleen has to be removed, there are certain bacteria and things that have to be. Um, the patient has to be immunized against. Babesiosis. Uh, well, it's it's the again. Remember the encapsulated. This is all board stuff. Yeah, like second no, year, going back way, way, way. <laughs> uh, you can't go to is, Cape Cod. I just remember back. that. So it's the encapsulated <laughs> organs. It's uh, uh, H flu. It's I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty
1: sure it was babesiosis, which is otherwise like a cold. If you don't have a spleen, it's like malaria. That's what uh, so, yeah, some yeah, things yeah. like that, yeah. Oh, wow. But uh,
4: mm-hmm. you can have even in a short period after the spleen is removed. There's something called uh, post-splenectomy. Sepsis. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And people get deathly ill. Yeah. From, so you can from live without it. Yeah. You can live without it. Right. Uh, but there's certain things you have to protect yourself. Right. right. You're more
3: susceptible to infections. Right.
4: Yeah. Um, but it is, it's a relatively large organ. So mm-hmm. again, injuries can cause significant uh, bleeding, hemorrhage. And-
1: How does, like, and you talked about it, like, and it's a big, a big, like, I guess, uh, differentiation and a lot of progress. How does interventional radiology? embolization of one of these organs, save the organ as opposed to, so you're save the patient, or save and and, and save the patient. The the first thing is saving the patient. So
4: it's, you know, it's going to control significant hemorrhaging. Right. So basically what they're doing is they're accessing the large vessels of of the body through either the groin, Mm -hmm. uh, most often the groin, because it's the the, the fastest to to access. But, you know, it's very similar to, people probably know more about heart catheterization. Right. It's a very similar process, uh, except instead of going to the heart, you're making these catheters and wires go to these solid organs. Right. You're finding the vessel that's bleeding, and yeah. then they basically coil wires into yeah. that vessel, and it, forms, it. and it forms a clot. forms yeah. a clot. Yeah, oh, and right. so that stops the, the, that's the life-saving procedure. That's and if the, that
3: doesn't happen, people could bleed out and die. Could potentially. And right. and, and
4: again, it, sometimes it doesn't work, and that's when you're ready to go right to the operating room, yeah. and then the organ has to be removed. Can you remove the, the organ and, and just... And, and, Tie, the off clips, the tie off, the, yeah, 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 So that's that's the first part where it's organ preserving is again, you're not removing the entire organ. Mm-hmm. Okay. You may be losing some function because obviously that part of the, uh, the organ is going to, it's either injured or it's going to compromise or to you blood. don't have blood yeah. flow to yeah. it now. Right. Uh, so we, we do this often with, uh, with colon leads and, and lower GI bleeds, And what we always worry about is, is the survival then of that tissue because right. you're removing its blood flow. Right. So that's where it's organ preserving is you're not, you may be losing some function mm-hmm. but typically again there's so much redundancy built into the systems yeah but we only uh, have it's, one spleen it's spoon. not noticeable
3: right, right. one spleen though yeah so second most common side. solid organ injury is is kidney
0: <laughs> yep mm-hmm.
3: Okay, we talked about that a little bit.
0: But to go back to yeah, the spleen perfect. real quick, though, that's another thing. Like from an athletic training standpoint, like I see it a lot of times in like college settings. Like ah, uh, the, the kissing the, disease. Right. When a stu- <laughs> student <laughs> athlete right, or an athlete gets mono, mono, and then you know they're out for a significant amount of time because their spleen's enlarged. Does yes. anyone want to At explain
3: risk. that whole process? Mono. Well, uh, now, now you're getting Epstein-Barr virus virology <laughs> and uh, yeah. Well, body. so what but happens so with it, with that d- that disease is the the kidney is uh, I'm sorry, the spleen. Right. Orthopedic guys. I know. don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, heart something. Heart pumping blood. I don't, yeah. breathing. <laughs> right. Um, so the spleen becomes enlarged, mm-hmm. and right. I, from what I understand, a little bit more rigid in in um, you know in, um, mono. So mono is a very common disease we see. We call it the kissing disease. Yeah. It's common yeah. in colleges right. and blah blah blah. So and so it's a little bit more at risk, or maybe a lot more at risk. I don't have stats on that. So well, I don't think, really and think know. about
4: it. Think about it this way: if you take a dry sponge, mm-hmm. and you you kind of twist it and. Doesn't really want to rip. Doesn't want to work. Right. You make that sponge wet. It's heavy. Yeah. Pulls apart easily. Yeah. It's so when you get uh, anything that gets inflamed, there's yeah. edema, like there's swelling. Right. Okay. Knees, anything, yeah. you know, it's more likely to tear, rip, or because right. of the weight of it, because of or, and just the mass of it. Yeah. So that's what that's what can happen when you can get
0: uh, and it's not as protected as well, right? Because it's kind of like changes the position in, in the within the rib cage, so it's more, like, superficial. It's, yeah, it's more superficial. Yeah, more superficial. So it's yeah, staying, yeah so outside of that that's that cage. The, right. that's <laughs> a
3: reason not to allow an right. athlete to play. So if right. we know an athlete has mono, right, then there's a period of time mm-hmm. that they have to be asymptomatic, right, uh, yeah. before they're allowed to play. Yep. Yeah. Uh, right. In a context board. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a great that's point. A, that's man. a great point. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. Steve forgot about that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you got to uh, look so at it g- from
0: all angles. So right? you
4: know we had so spleen, uh, kidney, yep. liver, yeah. And liver. Right. Liver's next Whoa, one. Oh boy. And I again, mean, yeah, the liver is a that's a hefty organ, yeah. big right. organ, but a lot of blood flow. So yeah. when you do get these injuries, these are these are severe injuries sometimes, and, and uh, a lot of times, you know, we talk about uh, salvage surgery or, or trauma surgeries. You're basically getting in there packing the abdomen full of gauze oh, just geez. to try to control bleeding and then you hopefully go back, you, you catch up with resus- resuscitation and you go back and fight another day. Yeah. Uh, wow. It, it can be scary that stuff. That is um, scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Pancreas. Pretty rare. Pancreas, again, takes a lot of force. Uh, a lot of times actually where you see that injury is in kids. Yeah. Handlebar injuries. Oh, Oh wow. So the handlebar flipped. Yeah. The oh. handlebar went right into the center of their abdomen. Right. And that's where that pressure, and you've got the spine right behind the spleen. Yeah, you can see transections. You can see mm. injuries that way. But splenic uh, splenic injuries are easy to miss. Uh, they're not very common injuries, Sure, can be tough to diagnose. Uh, But that's one of those things, again, we talked about, you know, that element of just heightened suspicion for these things. Yeah, you got to be worried about it. Something's not right. You you got to look at the way they're acting. You got to investigate. You know, this
3: very often is where a really good athletic trainer, in my opinion, comes in because they know the kids. Right. They know their personalities. And I always defer to the the trainer to say, hey, is this kid acting right? He looks a little off to me. Right. And, you know, I may not know the kid. I may Mm -hmm. see this kid once a week or once every other week if they don't have home games a lot. And, um, you know, for the
0: most part with that, like you can kind of, if you know your athletes well, you kind of gauge like how their toughness and what they can, because you see them almost day to day. Like it's one of the rare healthcare professions. You see your patients every day. Right. You know what I mean? So you see that kid, like you said, he gets hit and you're like, dude, I've seen you get hit a few times like this. And like, this is weird. Like you're, something's different. And like when it comes to internal stuff, I always feel like it's, it's much, like you said, the symptomatology is different. It's not like, ah, this hurts. like there's a system change that's vague, vague, vague like things like, yeah. And it's just
3: vitals are often hard to follow too, because these are athletes, right? So their Their vital signs may not change. Heart rates, blood pressure, blood blood pressure. Kids Kids
4: will, kids will compensate, compensate, compensate and crash. Right. So again, that's where that high level of suspicion is necessary. There's something weird about the injury. There's something weird about how they're acting uh because they will they'll be fine until they're not until they're not right. then, and then and yeah. then it's and then, they're then, falling then off the cliff already yeah so you're really in trouble
3: so let's say we're sideline managers you know doctors athletic trainers um and we're worried about somebody what mm-hmm. do we do? What
4: do we send these kids to the hospital the, so, err on the side of caution right and what oh, are okay. the tests what, what's the worst that happens they get a few tests they get a negative tests, right and they're they're healthy and they live i'd rather do that uh, any versus, day the you know week. you say ah you're you know rub some dirt on it, go home and yeah. sleep it off. Right. Okay. Um, what yeah. tests are you
3: using to look at, at these and, and grade them? And you know, we talked well, about
4: CT today. scan is, the, is the gold standard. That's it. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there is something in trauma called a, a fast exam, yeah. a focused about abdominal about a sonogram test yep. or sonogram for trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where, you know, the ER doctor, your general surgeon or trauma surgeon who may be in the bay that night is going to do a bedside ultrasound. Looking in the four quadrants of the abdomen, uh, um, looking over the bladder, looking at the pericardium. Yeah. Uh, so you're looking for specific injuries. Yeah. If there's a sign, especially um, more often in men, women can have some physiologic <laughs> fluid in the abdomen, especially in the pelvis. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you see that in a man, something wrong. Yeah. Okay. Man. If you, you'll see fluid in between the kidney and the, and the liver or potentially between the kidney and the spleen. Uh, around the pericardium. If you see that fluid, no. that's that's abnormal, yeah. and that needs to be further investigated. If the patient is stable, you can move on to a more sensitive, specific test like a CAT scan. Mm-hmm. If the patient is unstable, you're going right to the it's OR. Right to the OR and explore it. And you're, How and about you're that, explore. man? Right. Yeah,
1: and you're just going like, hey, this is it. this is it, we got this minimal amount of information, and we're just gonna go with that and do the best we can with it. Again, in, in a case where the patient longer, is unstable, it's get worse. and, it's,
4: and it's, a, it's life or death. Right, Yeah. 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 That's kind of nice about what Steve and I do. Right. It's right. Never,
3: oh, never, never life and death. No, there no. could be a limb threatening injury, but it's never That's life true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or like, you know, you might hurt your meniscus more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you're not going to die. Right.
3: Let's talk about lungs for a second. Um, yeah. uh, there's this c- very common, I don't want to say misperception because I got to be honest, I don't know the rate of this and I, maybe you, know, you know, you can give us some idea about it. Rib fracture. Oh, I'm going to puncture my lung. Probably doesn't happen
4: as as often as you'd think. You think, you'd of think course, with the, rib, right? I mean, the rib, again, the rib fracture really—it's it's, got to be a through and through break often, right? Mm-hmm. Not just a not just a line crack. You know, but yeah, we don't see a, a ton of pneumothoraces or, or punctured lung, right? Mm-hmm. Just because there's rib fractures. Logic
1: yeah. would dictate the way you think about it. Like, oh yeah, it must happen all the time. But well, in reality, yeah,
4: if you think about how these things are, are designed, yeah. there's given the rib cage. So even, even if right. it fractures in one spot. Right. Yeah. you know the, the lung is fairly spongy so you, you do have to again you have to have a significant blunt force mm-hmm. a sharp edge yeah typically so you know you, you can have uh you can have minor fractures that that don't go through and through in the bone without 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 puncturing along so it's, it's I, not yeah they don't go hand in hand are there other things that are
3: more likely to cause uh like a drop lung and yeah. in, in like a blebs and you know talk well about again that. if you
4: talk about uh you talk about certain people certain body habituses of having spontaneous pneumothoraces very tall very thin Right. people so a lot of you know you see it in basketball players. And, and it's not because they play basketball, it's because well, it's they're, tall they're softer and, they're tall and thin. Yeah they're <laughs> softer than they're, they're softer, softer. <laughs> and they're weaker. And yes, <laughs> we, we have we've but, established that uh,
3: on this show multiple times. Okay, well good I, I didn't want to set the <laughs> yeah, precedent no, it's but fine. Uh, <laughs> you know I don't show my own biases here. But, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, um
4: yeah you know, yeah. Uh obviously if you get away from the athlete side of the mm-hmm. equation there are people who are normal people that play sports. So again, if you play sports and you're a smoker,
1: mm-hmm.
4: you're going to have emphysema. You're going to have those blebs that are, you may maybe more prone to developing a puncture.
1: What is one of the like very dangerous or very concerning things that could happen if if that happens, right? Like, what are one of some things that, that you're well? Looking the, for? the big
4: concern with any pneumothorax when when you have air that's filling the lung cavity but mm-hmm. not the lung tissue, right? That Air causes pressure. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can develop what's called a tension pneumothorax. Bingo. Okay. So that's now compressing on the vessels, returning blood to the heart. Yeah. So if the heart mm-hmm. is not getting blood, your body is not getting blood. You're not perfusing. It. Yeah. That's uh, bad, right? That's bad. So you'll see people he, <sighs> does not sound blood pressure drops very quickly. That's something that needs to be treated immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where you'll see people come in with. Um, a uh, needle thoracotomy. So basically, right. somebody just basically took an angiocath and jammed it into the chest. Yeah, uh, and and that's face. You know, you, you've probably particular. seen it. Yeah. I'm so sure I you've seen it on Grey's Anatomy yeah. and, and and so ER. I,
3: I used to cover the U.S. Ski Team. Yeah, uh-huh. and one of the things they teach you is that that procedure. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Because if you have a major injury, oh, yeah. that's high energy. These guys are at 80 miles man. an hour. There, you and and in our high pack. Flying. Mm-hmm. We had everything to do, uh, needle decompression, yeah, and, right. and you're ready and prepared to do and again, it. Again,
4: that's a life-saving maneuver. Absolutely. Um, and then, of course, there needs to be further treatment beyond that. Then a larger tube needs to be put into the chest right. to continue to that, decompress. Right. Yeah, that's temporizing. So the lung, lung can heal and, and, and then uh, and take the tube out a few days later, typical. But that, that's, these are, again, these are life-threatening. And people will often say with attention pneumothorax, pneumothorax they, they're going to die. They're yeah. gonna they'll look you they in the eye and say, "I am they going to it. die." Yeah. yeah,
1: isn't that wild?
3: I've done one of those. Have you really? Yeah. Wow, wow. man. I was in an ICU rotation, and yeah. um, as a guy who everyone knew was going into orthopedic surgery, they right. They kind of left me for the procedural stuff, and they yeah. called and said, "Hey, this this patient has this diagnosis, and we need to." And Tracheal I went in there deviation and, uh, and all the... Uh, uh, yeah, and yeah. it was cla- it was a classic presentation, and we did a uh, we did a compression and I mean, it was immediate. It it right. It's a. Was there a, a whoosh? You hear a whoosh. You yes. hear a whoosh. He a whistle yeah. coming wow. through wow. of air, you know, and it was like a mic drop procedure. Totally. Oh, not to drop. be
4: graphic, not to be weird, but th- honestly, that is one of my favorite procedures to perform. Yeah. Oh man. Because it's, it's immediately, it's immediately very gratifying. Ratifying. The second you hear that that's gush of that, air, that, that person is fixed.
3: That's why we go into surgery, right? As opposed to our medical counterparts in medicine. Gratification. Yeah, it's instant gratification. And, and it's really um, you know, that's that's
1: part of it. We fix things. Yes. Right. Yes. And it's, it's clearly visible that you fixed it. It's almost like squeezing the little bubbles on the bubble wrap. Like yeah. Just yeah. very it's exactly <laughs> like that.
0: Just one of those satisfying it things. It feels really good. Yeah. It's it's interesting from like an athletic training standpoint, like you're saying just like those things like happen in like that's way above me, you know, as an athlete. And it's like,
3: it's, it's way above me. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, that's why, but there's the so background, right? And well, but so, I, I so think so we've all started to realize it. that, right? <laughs> yeah. right? Right.
4: You look now, every sports field, every sports arena has a defibrillator. Right. Yeah. Right. Because we we've, we've this, learned yeah. that, that these yeah. things happen at right. sporting events. They happen with high, you, you think athletes are the most finely tuned individuals. They have problems. So
1: Brad covers one of the high school football teams in the area, Delcy, excellent trainer, uh, Kevin Briles. And Brad is He's okay. Brad okay. was just uh, <laughs> running marathon for charity, running St. Jude Marathon. Uh, he was out in Memphis to run it, and and delsey was fortunate enough to advance to the state finals. Mm-hmm. So I covered for covered the game for him. Uh, we were at uh, in Rutgers at the mm-hmm. at the, at the at stadium, and and I turned to Kevin within the first like two three minutes of the game, like where where, where is the defibrillator? And he's like, you're making me nervous, Doc. But, but, but that's, <laughs> oh, you got to ward off I the evil spirits. Kevin yeah, yeah. no, no, no. No and he, question. And he's like, no, no. We have the ambulance right there, and they have the labor. We're well, yeah, fine. Yeah. But but it's it's the way we no, have to. One think, of the first things right? you do right, when you like, have a sick patient sure on the floor
0: yeah.
4: is you bring over the the, the uh, crash cart. Right. right. And wards off the evil spirits. You yeah, right. it. You the evil spirit. yeah. But with that too is it's like the Boy Scouts. The
0: the newer thing, or not newer, but it's like a common practice is like the medical timeout. Like before games and stuff. Like I make it a, a thing. Like you take a timeout. You meet with the the other athletic trainer, the EMS was on staff, and you just kind of go over, Hey, and I will tell you
3: not everybody does that. Right.
0: And it's just like, Hey, this is what's going to happen. You know, this is how we're going to do things and you know, whatever the case is where yeah. I've been in situations where ironically, quick story, I was running a little late to get to a football game and just to get out of the field. I was at school and I didn't have time to do the quick medical timeout for, you know, the EMS. So I just oh, gave them a walkie talkie, no. let them know what's going on, run out in the field, suspected concussion totally our field. We have our team doc there. And I'm doing, you know, doing the thing, see what's going on. And all of a sudden I see a bright orange shirt next to me. So the EMT's like, hey buddy, how you doing? He's trying to take over the scene. I'm like, wait, yeah. wait a minute. This is not how we're doing this. Right. That's a critical I'm not trying to be, you yeah. know, I'm not trying to be like head hunter, this is my show, but like this is not your place. Like I didn't call you here. So this is like from then on, I was like, all right, I gotta make sure I'm out there and just get take this care of so you don't run into that problem. We can get way off topic here, oh, yeah.
3: but that's a critical, critical yeah. thing. Right. I I've seen it happen. Unfortunately, if you don't establish who's in charge and right. at what level you're passing that leadership mm-hmm. on to somebody else for decision-making,
1: yeah. it can become very confusing yeah. on Especially the, side like in the too many Especially in the kitchen. right? Absolutely. In the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. In fact, again, going back to the same story, right? Um, when I cover the sideline, typically I stand on the sideline. Um, the trainer that I work with most, Danielle Williams, um, I wait for her. She runs out. And um, if she wants me, she weighs me onto the field. And right. I go jogging out onto the field or sprinting out on the field. And if it's something like you dramatic or scary, then I just you, you know, I, I run right not, out. Right, right. He's not but, sprinting but, out on the field. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody sp- just sprinting right slowly, out. maybe. Okay. And so, so, but before the game, before this particular game, Kevin said, listen, the way Brad and I do it, Brad typically comes out, Every injury, and, okay, yeah, that was out there every time. But but it's true. just a matter of establishing I do. I just, what's the expected yeah, normal. How are going to handle this on the because this that that you kind don't of want things, to figure it out in the moment. right.
0: Those kind of things act like it changes. Like that changes a matter of minutes, a right. matter of seconds, and those things are, can be life or death in certain right. yeah. situations. And the potential
3: right. severity of injury dictates that too. So right. I can tell you, you know, a lot of people cover games where there's maybe not a lot of injuries. That are potentially life-threatening right. and they may not go over a timeout or mm-hmm. a, they may not have an emergency action mm-hmm. plan right i you know frankly the handling that. of
1: c-spine injuries is a real big deal I, here. Right. I
3: i learned that from the ski team high energy mm-hmm. high high right. speed injuries life-threatening people have died on the mountain in front of their doctors man and if you don't have an emergency action plan in mm-hmm. place where's this person going for an emergency trauma surgeon right. where's this person going for you know, if we're in a third-world country, we have to call a jet to pull people out right. to another country. Yeah. Sometimes, right. I mean, that's wild. So I, you know, I luckily had that experience and learned that you know, to step it down to a high school football game, right. there's still an important process that you have to go right. through. And if you don't have those decisions kind of in place already, mm-hmm. you don't know what the. You're not figuring it out on yeah, the fly. fortunately, I get to work with Kevin, who's amazing. Right. Yeah, it's great. And, and you know, I, honestly, I'm just I'm. I'm there as you know. I yeah. enjoy the game, and I right. enjoy the yeah. lot. but Kevin is every bit as confident yeah. as anyone out there. Right. And so, you know, I have that benefit, but I think that's a really important point. Yeah. I think it's great that you brought and that up. And I think up. to, to and, and especially with this topic because right. these it's, are life-threatening issues. Right. Yeah. And they, solid they, need be, they, they need to be
4: identified and treated quickly. Right. Yeah. And, and to if to you don't go. have that process, yeah, your, your time is of the essence. We yeah. Talk, you talk about it always in emergencies. How that long does, gold, does it take somebody to bleed out?
3: Oh, from like an organ injury, could be minutes, could be minutes. minutes. Right. Could be
4: exactly. minutes. You, yeah, and again, stuff. even in any trauma or an emergency, there's the golden hour. You've got to get things done within right. that time frame.
0: Right. And that's where it comes in from like, you know, the sports medicine standpoint and you have all these like emergency action plans set in place. And there's most of the times that there's a practice in the off season, like preseason, like usually it's August for every most football starts, you go over a C spine injury, you kind of go over the quick uh, spine right. boarding setup and say, okay, if, these coaches are here, this is what I need you to do because this is what we have to do for whatever the situation is. And to go off that, I, uh, Dr. Frey and I talk all the time about different things to talk about on this. Just recently, the women's basketball tournament I, I mentioned to you not too long ago, mm-hmm. it was in Vegas and they had it set up. And at first I, f- I heard about it because there was a coach going off about how it poorly it was done for a Division One women's basketball tournament. It was just not well set up. It was in a ballroom, no no area for spectators. It was just in a ballroom with a basketball court. The However, game was in a ballroom? The game, yeah, the, bas- the basketball game. They set up their court. and set up a basketball court area. in a ballroom somewhere in Vegas. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, one of the girls, I believe is from Auburn, had a suspected C-spine or neck injury, something severe, and the athletic trainers had to hold C-spine for about 45 minutes waiting for emergency oh care to come. Oh, uh, So that's kind of going with what we're talking about, of like,
3: and I that's think, a whole different, you talk about the golden triangle for trauma, one right. organ injury, but or you know, for a C-spine injury, right. and you're talking also like, also critical.
0: And yeah. when it comes to, you know, outside, you don't see it that often in a basketball setting. And it's like, and who knows, jump, layup, you hit somebody's on the hip, you go up, you go face, head down first, or whatever. That's, the poor athlete was there. Luckily, it wasn't as severe. I think it was a caution, a more air on the side of caution, which we are. Right. Thank right. God. Right, could have gone in another direction. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've unfortunately been in the situation where you're like in it waiting for the EMS, like you don't know what's how how long it's taking or whatever. And like, yeah. Time, yeah, like forty-five minutes is a long time, and that's that, that kind of hit the the social medias and it kind of blew up a little bit. And I brought I, it up, th- Doctor Frank.
1: Yeah, I think I think we should do a topic on this, yeah. do a show on this at one point. Right, spine might be the actually not necessarily. Emergency C-spine. preparedness. Yeah, definitely want to do that. But oh, emergency so emergency yeah. Action, yeah. Play, I, I think it's like anything else. though too, you, you've got to right somewhat
4: expect the unexpected, right? Right. You said these are not Absolutely. common injuries, but they happen. They yeah. happen, yeah. and when they happen, they're catastrophic. And if that's
1: your kid,
3: so or your brother, your sister,
4: or your mother, fast,
3: efficient, done right. Yeah, probably not your mother. My mother's pretty yeah. good at basketball, but she's not, she's not playing. W- <laughs> not NCAA level.
0: Yeah, she's not, she's not, not scholarship. Uh, she just right. plays pickup ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
4: But I mean, she's banging it, the boards. I <laughs> but it's certainly,
0: uh, it's, it's certainly one of those things that should happen in the background of all these tournament for setups sure. and all that stuff. And there's, there's people in place for that. And there's, these things happen, you know, the. Regular person gets to watch NFL games, professional sports, and all this stuff is in place in the I higher levels. I think
1: that'd be a great topic. Yeah, yeah. so do I. Yeah. Complete opposite of that topic. <laughs> How do we get the guys that are rolling around on the floor, holding their shin, floppers out of football out I think, of soccer I specialty. think floppers right. should be an, all right, an individual what? topic. And, uh, it's heck, all about man, the cold spray. It's, it is a yeah. I've old, played, I've played sport for Uh-oh. decades. He's going to defend I flopping, I, and, and I again.
4: I have to admit, I didn't even see this injury that we're talking about tonight because my world has been work, kids, wife and World Cup. Get yeah. It. All right. That's that's I've been playing since I was five years old. I love the sport. It was exciting. I hate floppers. Yeah, I think it's disgusting. Not exciting. Uh, uh, I, you know, a lot of times you watch these guys, they, they go for the they go for the penalty. Right. What if they just kept their feet? They'd score the actual. I know right? Just right. Just finish out the freaking and play. I was never that player. Yeah. It's you good to get know. get up, run through and stay with it. It drives me nuts. I think it's one of the worst parts of the sport,
0: honestly. Yeah. I
3: don't know how you change
0: uh, that. Yeah. You're, you're fighting for the call. And you know, it's funny, like when I cover a soccer game, it's like, I tell, like, if I'm having, if I have athletic training, it's like, listen, it's going to look bad. You have to be patient because in a minute, they're going to get up and everything's going to be fine. Normal. Well, it's, yeah. it's,
4: it's, you know what I love the most, thing, though? The spray. The spray, know, the cold, cold, cold spray. is yes, the best. Spray. Oh, no, better. I wish it was that easy. I know. Well, right. Listen, I used to have I had a coach in high school that his, his solution to everything was ice. Right. Ice was going to cure cancer. Yeah. Right. You got cancer, put some ice on it. You're yeah, fine. Right. Sure. You know? So I could see the magic spray is, yeah. is kind of that same You know,
1: I, I actually thought it was um, you know, and, and unfortunately we lost this game against the Netherlands, who which they looked great. A really, really good team. But if you contrast that game to the previous game, which we won against Iran. I, I think Iran actually had a number of scoring opportunities which they gave away because they're too busy just flopping and trying yeah, to get games. The, the, the penalty shot, right? Yeah. And, well. and then to watch that game against the Netherlands, although we lost, at least like they played through. They played the mm-hmm. game. It's yeah. so much more exciting. Yeah, yeah.
4: It, it detracts from the game. It definitely. It's one of the things. Like I said, I I love the game. It is truly the beautiful game. But yeah. that is the ugly side. Yeah. Uh, I think lot it's a, it's lot a crappy of tactic here
1: in the U.S. right now. Hey, listen. I, I'm how optimistic are, how are again. are we not
3: optimistic about it's that.
1: the fifth most I guess valued sport in the U.S. Right? Like so. Yeah, football, probably basketball, then.
0: Know, baseball, hockey, baseball,
1: or, hockey, and then soccer, right? So, so you don't have as many people going into it, but you still make a good argument. Like, we should still be no, it's, it's better grown tremendously, tremendously, but it is growing. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, from a youth, it's, sports but listen, standpoint, like you said, huge for everybody starts, if, yeah, if then that's they your, move to the if more if that's your
4: fifth choice of sport, right. You know, are you getting top quality athletes? I'm not yeah. not to detract from these guys, sure, you're amazing athletes. I don't want to even suggest my son's a soccer that. player, but right? you know, and, and we know, I play it takes tremendous commitment, it takes yeah. tremendous fitness. Yeah. But it's just, you know, you, you got to build that interest. And unfortunately, not going to the World Cup four years ago, oh, it, it hurt the program. Yeah, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. know, a lot of people lost interest. Yeah. Honestly, I lost interest. It was painful. Yeah. Well, It hurt me to watch them play at times. Yeah. You know, uh, some of the high, the loss to Canada. We hadn't lost to them in decades. Yeah. Now, And wow, then we're, we're, have-
3: we're not going to get into the
1: FIFA Conversation. Well, that's, no, a, that's, that's a whole other black say. guy yeah, I mean, that's, that. that's just that's yeah. just more ugly. But talk a little bit about Medford Messi. <laughs> yeah, he looked right. good, man. He yeah. was really fast out there. He I was really really
4: yeah. guy. that guy, the guy hustles. Yeah, he hustles. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he's amazing to watch. Yeah. Uh, but that's this this tournament restored my faith. Yeah, uh, it restored yeah. my excitement in the team. Oh yeah. Knowing we're coming back in 2026. Yeah. yeah. Knowing that we may see some big players in MLS. Right. Yeah. You're talking Messi coming to Inter into Miami and
1: Philadelphia, host city awarded. Right. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, I know, and then not the complex that may be coming. year.
0: and Philadelphia or Union made career? the made the final, and like oh. like Dr. Frey was saying, and like, that was
3: uh, let's not get into that game. Oh,
0: uh, that game was absolutely was a heartbreaker. Heart- t- oh, terrible, and it was it was a rough weekend for yeah. Philly sports. <laughs> fans. It was, that really was a, rough <laughs> and then the World <laughs> Series, it was, everybody,
4: everybody could have won everything, and then nobody, and then nobody won, won anything. anything. Everybody yeah. finished second. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. tough. Listen, I I went to school in Buffalo. I was a Bills fan for a little while. Buffalo, and you know, between the Bills and the Sabers, and and just the heart, I feel for you. But then when those teams
3: come around. It's it's, it's
0: amazing. Like Bill, right now, Bill's mafia is yeah, a special not, group of people. I love it. I love it. Breaking tables.
3: I'm Italian.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I think we kind of went over a bunch of everything. Uh, we we, we went show. all over the place tonight. We did tonight. all kinds of stuff. Um, I don't think we have much more. I you know I think
1: I, I was happy to get this. You know, out of left field, sort of topic, yeah. right? It doesn't. It's part of sports medicine, but it's not traditional sports medicine as we think about it, as, as orthopedic surgeon. So, Greg, uh, Doctor Talut, thank you very much for coming on down. Yeah, more hey, than happy sure, right. Giving us some insight. I was right.
4: excited to get the call on Sunday
0: yeah. night. And, uh, yeah, it, it's and, great. Like I think, I think Doctor Frey and I are at a point where, like, when we see these wild card left field things, we get excited about right. like. And there we go. And it's like, oh, there's something different. That yeah, that's right. completely new, and this is. Again, out of left field, and it's, it's something that this is what this podcast is all about. It's yeah, well, I think covering it all. That's why we do what we do. Right, right, right. You know, There's always
4: something interesting. There's always something new. There's always something to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this this was. I appreciate the invite, and uh, hopefully we'll come back again. Yeah, and, love to and, have you back. Oh, yeah. Not to uh, not to. Club too much. frank is amazing yeah, uh watching I mean, him describe you can tell that man loves true beer. passion it's, poetic. He has it's there, almost poetic when for, he describes it yeah. So, yeah what everybody got didn't his, see his is, i don't know if you guys saw, but
3: my kids were over here working out at the energy lab right uh and he brought them they came over to say hi and he brought them back there and and went through the dinosaur history although it might have been a little off his right. dinosaur yeah. history but and it's you know and talked to him about the beer let him look in the yeah the, you yeah. know the the I mean, the whole process, he went through it. It was really cool. It's exciting. And they did not drink any beer. Just my wife I was going to make that that. joke. Not only the knowledge, but the product is 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 amazing. I'll I'll tell them that it's good, but they
0: had none. All right, lastly, before we close out our tab, we just want to thank our sponsors. First, Reconstructive Orthopedics, with our eight locations and Focus on You approach. The Energy Lab, as Dr. Bernardini just mentioned, the region's premier sports performance center and destination. Neck of the Woods Brewing Company for serving us the coldest and most flavorful beer in South Jersey. Delicious. And lastly, Timber Rear Production for putting this podcast together and giving it out all to you folks. Thank you again, and we will be, we'll be back soon.